Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio, Women's Football Weekly with Fake Carruthers on TalkSport 2. All the action, excitement and drama from across the entire women's game, including the Women's Super League. Cleared off the line by Steph Horton. The UEFA Women's Champions League and the Euro 2021 qualifiers. Lana Cleland striking from outside the penalty area. World-beating big match conversation on the station that's raising the game for women's football. And she scored! Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. Football authorities call for action from social media companies following more online racist abuse, this time aimed at Manchester United and England's Lauren James. On the pitch is the WSL title race wide open again. Shock defeats for Chelsea and United throw this season's script up in the air. Goes the delivery and it's gone all the way in. Carly Telford couldn't keep it out. And Brighton lead with 12 and a half minutes left. So with the door ajar, City overcome Arsenal, climbing closer to the top two. Kelly. It's a great ball over! What a header that was from Hemp! Villa's Japanese superstar Mana Iwabuchi continues her blistering start to life in the WSL with a stunner against Spurs. Right with Iwabuchi, he will try one from distance. What a strike! Out of nothing, Aston Villa take the lead. It's been all Spurs, but Mana Iwabuchi, the Japanese international and World Cup winner. All that plus we'll hear from Manchester City and England's Chloe Kelly ahead of the Manchester derby, as well as all of the results from the championship. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women and you can follow the WSL on TalkSport 2. Hello team, how are you all? Did you enjoy the football this weekend? It was pretty impressive, wasn't it? Exciting stuff, particularly in the Barclays FA WSL and I've got some great guests uh, to discuss everything with you. Good evening, Bristol City manager uh, Matt Beard. Another point on the board, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are the headphones going? Do you want to tell everyone where you were just before we came on air? I was in Asda buying some headphones so so you could hear me. (laughs) They're all right. (laughs) Listen, bargain, £6. I'm happy with them. Bonus. I'm loving your work. I need to go down there. Uh, Molly Hudson, how are you? Have you got some decent headphones? Yeah, the AirPods are in. I'm ready. Just about thawed out from yesterday. 
Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Yeah, you were at Arsenal, weren't you? I mean, I, I, listen, I don't envy you. I stayed indoors all day yesterday. Never have I been more grateful not to have a game on a Sunday. <laughs> Ooh, next week, maybe it's going to get worse. Uh, right, listen, we've got to start with a topic that is prevalent and unfortunately getting more and more prevalent, frustrating, um, infuriating. There's there's a million and one adjectives I, I could use for it, to be honest, but... The Football Association has called for swift government action after Manchester United's Lauren James became the latest player to be sent racist abuse on social media. Uh, She was targeted just over a week after her brother Rhys, who plays for Chelsea, was as well. A number of uh, male footballers also have been targeted. Um, She marked the abuse that she got on Instagram as boring now and wrote Instagram really need to do something about it or they'll lose so many individuals on their platform because that's the only way they'll actually listen. Could even just remove any emojis with racist meanings. Too easy for some kid to press a few emojis in order to try and grab some attention. Too much talk around these days and nothing ever gets done. Usual story. And that is the big problem, isn't it? Because there is a lot of talk and not a lot being done. We'll discuss what is being done shortly, but Talk Sport have spoken to Lauren's father, Nigel, um, and Nigel has said that Lauren's actually received more viral racist abuse this morning. This is Monday, uh, from the same account as well as from others as well. He gave us this statement. It's the government and the government alone that can put the legislation in place to deter people from sending racist abuse online. These companies should be fined a percentage of their profits if there are continued abusive messages arising on their platform. Board members of these companies should face negligence charges if, if abuse continues, while guilty parties should face either automatic youth offender centres, prison for a short period or fines and a deduction from their salaries. If all of those things were implemented, it will change people's behaviour online, even though it won't stop racism itself in society. Molly Hudson, your reaction to that? I just think it's uh, overall just so, so disappointing that, that we are talking about this again, that, that nothing has, has been changed. There seems to be no kind of progress or if anything, I think last week there was discussion that these emojis don't even reach the threshold for accounts to be um, removed from from Instagram, which obviously is is a huge part of the problem. I think Nigel is exactly right there. But, you know, for me, I, I want to focus on on Lauren James. She's she's a 19 year old player, hugely talented. We don't even speak to her as as national media because the club are, are really trying to protect her. They know she has a huge career ahead of her. So much talent there. But when you get this kind of abuse, it's straight to your phone. You, you don't have that protection of Casey Stoney. You don't have the protection of the club. It's coming direct to you, straight to you. And I think that's what can be so damaging about it. And I just think that Lauren has spoken so eloquently and, and I hope the social media companies listen and, and something really gets done because it, it does feel as though, as she says, there's a lot of talk, but there, there seems to be little action. Yeah, Facebook, which owns Instagram, has said it's working with players, clubs and the football authorities to tackle the issue. Uh, They say there's no place for racism on Instagram and we're committed to removing it when we find it, it's said. And as you say, that action just has not always been taken or if it is eventually taken, it takes a very long time for it to actually be implemented, which I think is the huge source of frustration uh, for many people. Matt, have you you had to encounter any of this with any of your players or or any kind of abuse um, online? Um, 
not not really with any players. I mean, I've had a bit of stick, obviously, when results don't go your way. But I just, I just find the whole thing embarrassing. I, I mean, I don't know why they... Like, I, I, the statement that Nigel's put out, and I know Lauren's dad really well, um, I think he's, he's, he's absolutely spot on. And I, I think they should just shut these, these companies down, shut down these platforms, you know? And, and it, that'll soon make them stand up and... Uh, start doing something about it. I mean, I, I can't remember any situation or any instance where someone's been um, prosecuted or it's been dealt with, you know, they might have had an account suspended or something like that, but you've ne I've never seen, it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just wrong, it's embarrassing. And I think at some point the, the, the government needs to stand up and, and I agree with your FA statement 100%, they need to stand up and just shut these companies down if need be and shut these platforms down. And, that, and that's what will make them actually take action, I think. I think the problem, Molly, is that they've become too too powerful almost, haven't they? Yeah, and I think there, there is an argument. I think Phil Neville actually made this point um, quite a few months ago now, must have been the last time this sadly reared its ugly head. And he was saying, well, maybe players should, should just leave social media um, and then this wouldn't be an issue. And it, and it does make you think, you know, maybe that will happen in the future if, if these social media companies don't change their policies and you know whether that's down to the government down down to the companies themselves they need to change because these these athletes aren't going to keep taking this you know that they will make action and if the companies don't do that they they will take it into their own hands and leave these social media platforms and then ultimately it's the social media platforms that lose out because some of the players involved in the in the men's and the women's game have a huge following and, and people will, will want to follow them elsewhere. The problem is there's always going to be another social media platform, isn't there? There's always going to be somewhere for people to spout hate if they want to. And this is a wider problem. It's a problem in society. Um, Oliver Dowden, the culture secretary, says we are going to change the law to make social media companies more accountable for what happens on their platforms. But they can start showing their duty of care to players today by weeding out racist abuse right now. Uh, players must not be abused for doing their jobs. Enough is enough. Uh, and again, it's taken the government a very long time to come out and and actually do something and how long is it going to take them uh, to be able to pass a law um, that, that these social media companies have to adhere to because it feels to me as if this has been a problem for a very long time and we can't only just now be starting to take action about it because people are shouting. You know, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous and, you know, racist abuse at any level is absolutely abhorrent and should be wiped out completely but any online abuse should be wiped out as well. The insults that we get here... On Women's Football Weekly and I love you everybody who listens uh, to this show whether it's live on a Monday night or whether it's on a podcast you know you're always defending women's football this is a real close community uh, there are trolls out there who for some reason whatsoever just decide that they want to spout their hate towards women's football because it's not something that they like you know my nan loves bowls I'm not a great fan of bowls I'd never turn around to anybody who plays bowls and tell them that they're rubbish it's utterly ridiculous and I think sometimes we have to look at where this hate is coming from is there something perhaps we don't know about you know the people that are um reaching out and saying these things or posting these emojis what what are they thinking why are they doing it because if we find out the why we might then be able to try and combat it 
in a different way? Are they actually racist? Or do they think it's funny? Or do they just want attention? Or is there a mental illness involved in this? And they have access to be able to to say stuff. And it's so difficult to know that without delving further into it and that is the responsibility of the social media accounts I would say um listen we're going to talk about this unfortunately I think for a long time uh, to come which is probably the most frustrating thing uh, about it it is certainly getting out of hand now and the quicker restrictions are brought in the better um right let's move on to happier news shall we England are going to be playing Northern Ireland, sorry, that is a very big gear change, I'm afraid. Um, England are going to be playing Northern Ireland on the 23rd of February behind closed doors at St George's Park. First match in nearly a year. It's going to be shown on the BBC and the squad for the February camp is going to be announced on Tuesday. Uh, So that's tomorrow. Uh, For anyone listening live, podcast listeners, you know who's in it already. Uh, But England will also host Canada on the 13th of April with a venue at TBC. So a return to England's former assistant Bev Priestman, who's now head coach of Canada Women. Um, Molly, I know that you were involved in in this chat. So the news that Hegarisa is going to be part of Team GB's coaching squad at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Um, The FA have said that she's a candidate for the yet-to-be-announced head coach role for Team GB as well. Yeah, I think it's it's a logical move. I think at the moment there's been there's been so much upheaval. There's been so many kind of managerial changes, people coming in, people coming out. Is the tournament going to go ahead? We still don't know. And I think it just makes sense to have that continuity with Heger. Obviously, the decision over who will, will be the permanent Team GB coach won't be made until after this camp. But I certainly think it makes sense. For Heger and Rian Wilkinson, who are going to be um, part of this February camp, get to know the players, get get involved, actually get onto the pitch, which I think is something that the players, the coaching staff, everyone in women's football has been so excited to see see the women's national team actually on the pitch, in a uh, albeit a friendly, a, a proper game. And I think to to go from there, this is the building blocks in place, and and Heger is the best in terms of providing the the continuity in that respect. Mm, Matt, Baroness Sue Campbell said that if she doesn't go as head coach, she's going to be assistant coach, Hegarisa, not Sue Campbell. Um, what, what do you think of that? Is that the right move? I don't know. I think there's plenty of uh, British candidates that the FA could have chose, um, especially with bringing in a foreign uh, coach for um, uh, the England job. Um, but the decision has been made now. Um, I, I, I mean... You know, what does she know about English football at the moment? Has she been watching it? You know, I think they're the things um, that, that that need to sort of will, will be answered, I guess, when we have the game against Northern Ireland. But it's just great to see that they've got some competitive fixtures. And I just hope that they get to play the Canada game because obviously it's, you know, we're playing a, a team from obviously, you know, North America that's going to have to come across um, to play. And with everything that's happened in the recent FIFA windows, because of COVID, they've not happened. So maybe it'd be more sensible to pick either a European or, again, you know, an Ireland or Scotland or whatever to play these games if if they were available. Is is it a job that you'd have liked to have been given on an interim basis? Um, look, I, that that wasn't about me. I mean, you've got people like Jane Ludlow, Shelley Kerr. You've got some really good people here. Um, you know that 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 could could have been been appointed for them for them roles but for whatever reason we've we've, we've gone down the the, the the forum route again um i'd love to have been considered yeah of course i would have done um it would have been, been an honor but um 
I still think there's plenty of people in our country that have the experience to to, to do that job. Interesting. Very interesting times for the Lionesses coming up. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others, alongside Bristol City manager Matt Beard and Molly Hudson uh, from The Times. Coming up, we're going to delve into a topsy-turvy weekend in the WSL. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the home for women's football. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers. With me are Matt Beard, Bristol City Manager, and Molly Hudson from The Times. Now, don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows, or if you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can download it today and go to our podcast section. Uh, Right now, it was quite the weekend of WSL action, was it not? Plenty of drama for us to get into. Right, with Iwabuchi, who will try one from distance. What a strike out of nothing. Aston Villa take the lead. It's been all Spurs, but Mana Iwabuchi, the Japanese international and World Cup winner, lighting up this game with a fabulous strike. The delivery is a good one, and it is a second for Reading. Dan Carter puts the visitors in dreamland. And there it is, the final whistle. Manchester United lose a game at home in the league for the first time since January 2020. We had enough chances created, didn't take them. We got one end, should score. They go down the other end, um, get a set piece and we don't defend it well enough. Two set pieces cost us today. Um, So bitterly disappointed. If you want to win titles, you've got to win games like that. Goes the delivery, and it's gone all the way in. Carly Telford couldn't keep it out. And Brighton lead with 12 and a half minutes left. It's finished. Chelsea 1, Brighton have Albion 2. I talk so much about the character in my dressing room. They talk so much about that resilience. Well, now we get a chance to see that, don't we? Because it's the response, the performances that coaches and players alike want to see. Kelly, it's a great ball over! What a header that was from Hemp! Full time here, it is Arsenal 1, Manchester City 2. Right, we will talk about that Arsenal-Manchester City game shortly because Molly Hudson was there, but let's start at the top because... Chelsea, a shock defeat at King's Meadow, bringing their record of 33 games unbeaten uh, to an end. Uh, their first defeat for over two years. Absolutely crazy when you think of it, Matt Beard. It was, it was a real shock, bearing in mind uh, that your side beat Brighton last week. What are you trying to say? <laughs> Nothing! Um, no, 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 I'm joking, no, I'm joking. Not in... <laughs> no, listen, it, <laughs> it, was, it was a massive, massive shock. Um, it, was a, it was a bit of a blow for us, to be honest with you. Um, because obviously the Bright Brighton were running amongst that, and them three points take them further away. But um, mm. no, obviously you could see with Emma's team selection, she had one eye on Wednesday, and they've had a really busy period. You know, same as us. You know, they we we play them now on the fourteenth as well. So that game going in's probably had enough a bearing on a, a team selection. But they'll be devastated with the with the way they conceded the second goal. You know. Um, 
But it just goes to show, I think, obviously, look at all the results this weekend. You know, everyone that was in and around us have won, uh, us and West Ham through. So it, it just it dragged more teams into it now. You know, we got Tottenham Wednesday ourselves. That's a massive, massive game now because they've been dragged into it with their, their, their last two defeats. Yeah, we'll talk about your game in depth a little bit later. But as you say, it's so tight. Look, you're, you're two points uh, behind West Ham. They've got a game in hand. It's 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 going to go down to the wire. And I think that's what I've loved more than anything about in, you know, I'm sure it's not amazing for you to be physically involved in that. But from a neutral's point of view, it's fascinating to watch because it's so tight at the top and the bottom um, that we have absolutely no idea at this stage of the season which way it's going to go. There's a lot of football to play and a lot of points to play for um molly uh, from a chelsea point of view and i don't just want to focus on chelsea by the way i want to focus on on the brilliance of brighton as well but casey stoney manchester united manager mentioned uh, as you heard just then uh, that you can't win titles if you can't defend set pieces both these sides manchester united and chelsea undone by two set pieces and that's probably what's going to disappoint emma hayes the most yeah, and I think, uh, as you've pointed out there, there were a lot of similarities in a way in, in the defeats, both for Chelsea and Manchester United, but both, you know, all the goals were set pieces. And it was also the fact that, you know, they had chances to, to win the game, both teams. They they hit hit the woodwork, um, I think, a couple of times. And I think, yeah, as you say, that will be the, the frustration for the managers that, you know, set pieces are such a basic thing that no doubt it's worked on so much in the week. But actually, it is a place where the smaller teams in the league can close the gap because it only takes a moment. Um, And I also think, you know, it was a really difficult one for Carly Telford as well coming in. Obviously, Anne-Katrin Berger is normally Chelsea's number one goalkeeper and has has been brilliant for for Chelsea ever since she joined. Carly gets the game time, which I'm sure she'll be desperate for, and then we'll probably feel as though she she could have done better, particularly with with Brighton's second goal. So it was just a, a really frustrating day all round. But in a way, I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> certainly, certainly as a neutral, because I know a lot of the managers have been saying this season, you know, it's closer. The big teams are, are really struggling against the little teams, and actually, we haven't always seen that in the results particularly mm. Chelsea and Manchester United have pretty much come through unscathed. So in a way, it was like a real reality check for them and probably for everyone else that actually, yes, on your day, when a, when a couple of things maybe go in your favour, you can absolutely get a result against anyone in the league. Mm, and Brighton, as Matt alluded to, really needed that as well. Hope Powell said it set the tone uh, for their season, or that's certainly what she wants it to do. They need to kick on. Uh, there from that but they have played more games uh, than everybody else they're on 14 at the moment Um, but fantastic goals from Aileen Whelan and Megan Connolly Matt and I I know the repercussions it has for for Bristol City but you can't deny you know Brighton deserved that really no no listen it's a great result for Brighton Um, it's uh, especially you know the way they were playing you know they were they were poor against Man City you know, they were poor against us. Um, it, it, it's like anything, you know, you, you get moments like this that, that can really inspire them and you know, they can really kick on off the back of this result now. Um, but it's a great result for them. It, it's been a fascinating season. I think I put a tweet out saying it's probably the most exciting, like you just said. You know, if you look mm-hmm. at Man City, you would never have thought they'd be in the position they're in with the amount of points that they dropped early on. So, 
it just goes to show that on 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 your day anyone can beat anyone yeah, and Arsenal play Chelsea on Wednesday. I know Molly's going to that one and they find themselves seven points outside the top three, which I'm sure Joe Montemiro is not happy with at all. Uh, there was another surprising defeat. We've mentioned it at Lee Village. Um, Manchester United nil, Reading two. United failing to capitalise on Chelsea dropping points. Um, and it was a real shock defeat for them. They just didn't really find their rhythm in this game at all. And again, undone uh, by two set pieces, Molly. Yeah, and I think Reading had a really bright bright start in that one and maybe that gave them a little bit of confidence. And, and sometimes you need that in these games against teams that, you know, are right up there at the top of the league. You need that sort of glimmer of hope early on to think, actually, yeah, we, you know, this isn't an impossible task. And I think, actually, you know, you mentioned there about, about Arsenal, but that, that race for the Champions League is now wide open again because a bit like Brighton, Manchester United have, have played 14 games, which is more than their rivals. So yes, Arsenal look a very long way away, but they still have to play Man United. If if Arsenal can win that game, suddenly it's it's really really tight between Manchester United and Arsenal for that third position and obviously the really important Champions League spot. So just like the relegation battle, it's it's completely wide open, not just for the title, but but for the three Champions League places. Mm, Reading stays sixth, but they're now level on 18 points with fifth-placed Everton, who do have two games in hand. Kelly Chambers very happy. Two quick-fire goals, really, from captain Tash Harding with a header in from a corner and then Daniel Carter heading in from Emma Mitchell's uh, free kick. And, and Reading offered so much promise at the beginning of the season. Did this feel, Matt, as if they were kind of a little bit back to their best? Um, I don't know. I think Man United could have been out of sight in the first half. Yeah, you know, Casey alluded to it. You know, the amount of chances they missed. Um, it, look, you, you get a result like that against Man United, and and it will it will kick kick their season on now. You know, um, give them that confidence and that belief. A little bit like what we had with Brighton. You know, we then took mm. that into the midweek game and and Sunday. So um, it, you know, it will kick it restart their season and. Um, it's just, as I say, it's just such a surprising weekend. It's, it's like the men's Premier League. It's so unpredictable at the moment. It's, it's, it's great to see. I love it. I love football. Um, yeah, Ella Toon and uh, Leo Golton had chances, but you have to give credit to Grace Maloney in the Reading goal because she was absolutely superb and kept them in it. So that leaves United level on points with Chelsea. You have a game in hand. Next up for Casey Stoney's side is a Manchester derby on Friday. And we're going to be chatting about that to City's Chloe Kelly next to see if she thinks they're back in the title race. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. You are listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Others, and I'm alongside Bristol City's Matt Beard and Molly Hudson from The Times. Now then, um, Arsenal 1, Manchester City 2 was the other result which kind of put the title race and the Champions League spots, as Molly was just saying, right back up in the air. And probably the most spectacular part of this game was Ellen White's fantastic half volley opening up the scoring on 24 minutes. That makes her now the WSL's all-time record goal scorer, overtaking Vivian Miedemar. She's got 55 goals and she's just a delight to watch when she's in this kind of form, isn't she, Matt Beard? Yeah, she's world-class. It was a great, great finish. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm pleased for her. I'm pleased for her, and I, I think Man City, well, Gareth Taylor's done a done a great job. I think he mm. took him a little while to get adjusted to the WCL, but 
I think he's finding his feet now. Man City are looking, looking formidable. Yeah, they're looking impressive. Molly, you were at this game. What was your assessment of it from, from an Arsenal point of view? I think, obviously, you have to take into context as, as much as Joe Montemoro didn't didn't want to make excuses. The, the fact that they had only played once in seven weeks um, clearly played a part. I actually thought Arsenal were quite good. Uh, they were never really out of the game. I think it was a it was a pretty good even game to watch actually. Um, and I think what Manchester City did so well was was focus on on Arsenal's defence. And we know that that Arsenal under under Montemoro like like to play out from the back and like the defenders to have a lot of possession um, midway through the second half. Gareth Taylor moved to a four four two and put kind of a lot more more pressure on the centre halves and and tried to stop that outlet. Um, Arsenal were always dangerous on the counter and, and particularly when they could press. It's just that it felt as though their positives, the pressing and, and their forward players, they, they probably didn't have the legs to do it for as long as they would have liked. Obviously, they got they got one goal from that outlet, but it just felt like they, they ran out of steam a little bit at the end. And, and certainly, as, as Matt was saying, Gareth Taylor's done such a good job in recent weeks and you could really see that confidence from the players that even when Arsenal equalised it was kind of never in doubt that eventually City City would find a winner. Yeah, two assists for Chloe Kelly as well. We're going to hear from her uh, very shortly. She's now got eight for the season. What an acquisition she was. Um, but Matt, I want to talk to you about Joe Montemuro saying in the past that there was a review of Arsenal's training processes happening, but there still seems to be some, some real issues with workload and, and, and conditioning, as Molly kind of mentioned there. They were without several key players because of injuries sustained in training, including Jordan Nobbs, Kim Little, and, and Jem Beattie, have you noticed anything anything different or heard anything about, you know, what they might be having to do to try and improve their situation? No, nothing. I, I, I think it all comes down to the the size of the. I, I, I think if you have a small squad, you know, you look at West Ham. You know, they're naming players on the bench at the moment that aren't even fit to play because their mm. their squads are small. Um, I've, it purely comes down to that because you can't. You can't rest and, and players when players need resting, or you can't pick and choose, you know, for certain games. Like look at Emma Hayes as an example. It backfired on her this weekend, um, but I, it does come down to the size of the squad, and especially in the times that we're in at the moment. If, if one player gets COVID, you know, like when I first come here, we went to Everton with three missing. You know, some other players may have to isolate. You, you need the depth of your squads, and, and I think. It's going to be their Achilles heel this year. I don't think they'll get in the top three purely and simply because of the depth of their squad. And it, it, the interesting thing is he likes to have a small squad because he thinks that they, they gel better. But clearly you, you can't be fighting for Champions League football now in the WSL today uh, with that small squad. Let's hear from Joe Montemuro, shall we? He, he said after the game that he's not counted his side out of the Champions League spots, but he has acknowledged things are out of his hands now. The uh, the situation is what it is. I can't I can't uh, change the fixturing. I can't change who we play, when we play, when when a game's called off or, or not. So uh, we can only control the controllables, and that's uh, for us to be uh, to be as competitive and uh, and play our brand of football week in week out. Um, I can't uh, I can't worry about what's what's going to happen. I think with it, what there's about ten games left still. But there's 30 points still available. There's a lot, a lot of points still available. And uh, 
just seeing on today's results, there might be a, a few uh, a few things that could happen before before May. Interesting stuff from Joe Montemura, the Arsenal manager there. Uh, we also caught up with player of the match, Chloe Kelly, earlier on today to chat about that result and Friday's Manchester derby. I'm working hard on the training pitch and um, finding a good balance between getting goals and assists and really working hard with the girls at City to to get that relationship, building relationships and knowing what each other need. And I feel like we're really starting to, to gel now as a team and that's what's paying off at the minute, working hard on the training pitch and going into games. We're, we're really confident and we believe in our ability. But yeah, I feel like I've got a good relationship with Ellen and as a front three at the minute, we're, we're doing well. And um, that just comes off the training pitch really and shows in matches that we're really starting to click now. And yesterday's win, obviously massive, not just for City, but given everything that ha- happened elsewhere, kind of had quite a big impact on the whole league, that result yesterday. Are, are you feeling like City can really go on and, and potentially you know, win the title? Yeah, definitely. It was a great moment for us to get that win and other teams dropping points, but we need to focus on ourselves and taking each game as it comes. Of course, we... We really want to be in there for the title race. And I feel like we're, we're right up there now, but we'll focus on ourselves. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Taking each game as it comes, but another big game on Friday and one that we'll, we'll really focus on ourselves, but also see where we can break break them down too. So it'll be a huge game on Friday for the title race. And obviously, yeah, huge game on Friday. Two all last time played United and you played a big part in that game. How are you feeling about Friday? Are you nervous? Are you excited? What's the feeling in the squad as well? No, I don't feel like we're nervous. Um, I feel like it's a great opportunity to go out and show what we're capable of again and um we we obviously have frustrations in the 2-2 draw 
um, at their place. But we, we want to right our wrongs from that game. And we, we were in full control in that and we let it slip. And we, we know where we did, went wrong and where we can be better. So that's massive for us going into this game. And um, we'll really focus on what we can do to break them down. But no, I don't feel like it's nerves. It's a, just another game to show what we're capable of as a team. And we're in a good moment at the minute. So we'll keep striving to be better. And is there anyone that you think in the group this season that is someone you think maybe hasn't been getting enough love and enough credit? Because obviously yourself and, and you know, Ellen's goal yesterday have been getting a lot of tension from press and, and, and in, you know, on clips and on radio. Is there anyone that you think is kind of the unsung hero of the City group? I don't know if it's a, a trainer, a member of coaching staff or a player. Is there someone that you would like to sort of shout out I guess I just think as a group we've really we've really stuck together in the tough moments and uh, of course Ellen White reaching um, becoming the highest highest goal scorer in the WSL is is a huge achievement and uh, yeah definitely she don't get as much credit as she deserves she's an unbelievable player and someone I really look up to and with her mentality and um, a great player and person um, but I feel like as a group, we've just really stuck together in tough, tough moments of the season when maybe we, we have dropped points. But those moments are probably the ones that win and lose you the season, whether you break in them moments and or stick together. And we've definitely stuck together in those tough moments. And it shows a lot about each and every one of our characters. Um, but we'll keep working hard. And yeah, there's definitely no individuals in this group where we're a tight team and we'll wanna, we want to push on to be better. Manchester City's Chloe Kelly there chatting to Talk Sports Flo Lloyd Hughes. Really interesting to hear from her. And yes, it is going to be an absolute cracker, I'm sure. Friday, 7 pm, the Manchester Derby. Right, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 with Faker Others, Bristol City manager Matt Beard and Molly Hudson from The Times. Next, we're going to round up the rest of the FAWSL and the Championship and bring you up to date with all the latest news. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others and keeping you company with me is Matt Beard, Bristol City Manager and Molly Hudson from The Times. And we're going to focus on Matt Beard now because he went back to his former club at West Ham at the weekend. It was a one-all draw with his new side, Bristol City. First of all, Matt, what was it like going back? That was a bit surreal because it was obviously so soon after. Um, you know, it's good to catch up with people. I didn't really get to see many of the players because I had a job, they had a job. Um, caught up some of the staff, but um, now from my perspective, I was really pleased with our performance yesterday. Um, we should have won it, really. We're, we're desperately disappointed we didn't come away with three points. Yeah, I mean, Ebony Salmon nearly nearly uh, taking the lead, hit the post. That's the kind of way it goes sometimes, isn't it, when your luck's not quite in. But Sophie Bagley, absolutely fantastic in goal. Yeah, she's been brilliant. Um Made a great save on the free kick. Um, made a couple of decent saves as well. Um, and it was the same Wednesday night. But now she, she, she's a fantastic keeper. And I'm sure she keeps performing like that. Um, she'll have a chance of potentially getting an England call up. 
Yeah, so it's made it really tight at the bottom now, which is what you wanted, but other results didn't go your way. Aston Villa winning uh, 1-0 over Tottenham. Mana Iwabuchi, I bet you're wishing, it, wishing that they hadn't bought her. First half stunner, uh, enough for Villa to claim a first home win of the season. And they do get a little bit of breathing space, Matt, with that as well. They're now four points uh, clear of you with the game in hand. Yes, um, it's, listen, this, I think both top and bottom are going to go to the wire. I've, I've, listen, once once Aston Villa appointed Marcus Big, not, you know, I, 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 they'll be fine. With, with the investment they've made in the team, um, I think they'll be fine. I've, you know, I, I felt it would be between us, West Ham, Brighton, potentially Birmingham, but Tottenham have now been dragged back into it with, with two defeats on the spin. Um, so whatever goes on, it's going to go right to the wire. Um, for, for both ends of the table. It is literally split in half, isn't it, this season? It's um, it's absolutely insane. What, what are your feelings, Molly? I mean, disappo- disappointing for Rianne Skinner, uh, two defeats on the bounce after a really uh, good start to her tenure at Spurs. Yeah, I think I think it's a, it's a little bit like Matt was saying. A lot of teams are kind of getting dragged back into it and it, it feels as though... You know, when, when Skinner came in, you would argue Tottenham were right down there. Then she, she had those wins on the bounce and you were like, right, they're out. They're going to be safe. <laughs> and then a couple of defeats and we're sat here again going, mm, are they quite safe? Um, but I think, you know, I, I have to say Mane Wabuchi for me is maybe the sire of the season just, just for the calibre of player that she is and the situation that Aston Villa are in I think she's just a, a fantastic fantastic signing and I know there are a couple of other other teams in the league interested in her as well which which makes um makes that acquisition all the more impressive really um but I think yeah I think it might be might be um might go right to the end and I think particularly West Ham it's a pretty tough job for Ollie Harder to come in um and obviously be, be straight into a relegation battle, really, um, to to kind of get, get used to the league and everything. It's very much kind of up and running who you are. Um, so I think, yeah, I think I think that would be difficult. And I think it's such small margins, you know, as Matt says, I think Bristol hit the, hit the post and hit the bar yesterday and, and tiny margins like that kind of might be really important at the end of the season. Mm, really important for Everton as well because Jamie Lee Napier's equaliser for Birmingham looks like it's ended Everton's chances of a top four finish. A decent point for Everton. They've actually only played uh, for Everton for um, Birmingham. They've actually only played eleven games uh, this season, so have three in hand uh, over Brighton and Reading, for example. Um, it was Birmingham's first goal in four hundred and thirty-two minutes, which just shows uh, the kind of form that they've been in. Daniel Turner with the goal. Uh, a lovely free kick giving Everton the lead. Right, so you're up to date with the uh, FAWSL. Let's check in. Oh, by the way, loads of midweek fixtures, which we've mentioned some of. Um, so Brighton uh, host West Ham, Chelsea Arsenal, which Molly will be at, Birmingham Villa, lovely little uh, West Midlands derby, Tottenham Bristol City, and then Manchester City against Manchester United, the big Manchester derby on Friday night. Uh, now then, the championship is also pretty intense because Leicester City and Durham level on points on 32. Leicester with a game in hand. Big shout out to big Women's Football Weekly fan Derek Purcell, who messages us every week and is a huge Durham fan. 
man. Unfortunately, no football for him this weekend. The London City Lionesses game against Durham was uh, postponed. Blackburn drew two all with Crystal Palace. Charlton two all uh, with Liverpool. Coventry lost one nil to Lewis, and Sheffield United were four two winners away to London Bees. And all you Championship fans out there, we are going to be doing a special Championship episode for you uh, next Monday. So stay tuned for that. Little bit of uh, Championship news this week for you as well. London Bees have signed Wales and Watford player Helen Ward on a temporary contract that allows her to continue playing. She considered retirement as we told you before. She's been on this show after non-elite football was suspended at the start of the year but she's going to be returning to Watford once the National League uh, resumes. And Liverpool and England forward Rinsola Babajidi handed in a request to leave Liverpool. She wanted to leave during the January transfer window. A move though was denied. Understood several loan moves put to Liverpool. Um, She does have a year left on her contract which she only signed in June and she wasn't in the squad for yesterday's match interesting times at Liverpool which we'll discuss in length no doubt next week on our championship special and I just want to end uh, on some international news uh, with Lauren Dykes announcing her retirement today Uh, the Wales centurion um, has decided she's going to leave professional football after 13 years defender won 105 caps three goals awarded an MBE in 2019 for services to women's football in Wales and she said it's been in the pipeline for a while now and she wants to uh, continue her progression in coaching and I understand she's an assistant coach at Bristol City Matt under you Um, how much of a future has she got in coaching and what's she like to work with and what was she like as a player I'll start with the the last question as a player she was excellent three there sorry (laughs) yeah I know I might not remember the other two no I'm joking um (laughs) No, she, she, as a player, she was fantastic. I've been trying to talk her out of it. <laughs> uh, we, we, we was having a bit of laugh and joke on the on the bus on the way back yesterday. Um, no, she was a fantastic player. Um, obviously, to, to, to play for Wales over 100 times and obviously uh, get a recognition for that as well with the NBA is, um, is fantastic. She's going to have it. She's going to be, uh, she's a great coach already. She has such a great manner about her, the way she talks to the players individually. Um, you know, she she she's going to be. I, I I would have hoped she would be in the next Wales setup, with mm. whatever goes on, because she's got a great future ahead of her. Yeah, and and amazing to watch as a player, Molly. Definitely, and I think it's it's players like Lauren that have that have had such a, a long um, career and have kind of paved the way for a lot of a lot of girls coming through certainly um certainly in Wales she's a, a huge role model for the, for the younger players there and I think it's so exciting to see that that she will be staying in the game that she's going to go into coaching and and that's exactly the kind of kind of infrastructure and framework people like Lauren that that you want in and around the club and and as Matt said um potentially the country as well Yep, very good luck, Lauren Dykes, in your um, future career. We'll hopefully get to chat to you here on Women's Football Weekly at uh, some point soon. But thank you, Matt, and thank you, Molly. We've come to an end. Lovely to talk to you both. Thank you. Take care. Next week, as I said, we're going to have a championship episode. Uh, Thanks to Matt Beard, Molly Hudson, Chloe Kelly, and to all of you, as ever, for listening today. Don't forget, if you miss any of our show or you want to listen back to any of our specials from last year, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. 
That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.